True Stories of a Tryhard is brought to you this week by a moment of silence for the following victims of police brutality. The Montez Jones. The Tatiana Jefferson. Rayshawn Cole. Christopher Kimball. Levante Biggs. Wayne Wheeler. Sandra Bland. Kevin MacLeod and Junior Prosper. Listeners, remember this. Black Lives Matter, this is not over. And in this world that is so full of hate, violence, and discrimination, be a light, be an ally, and stand up. Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you, I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories, the true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Triad. I am Ethan Hewlin, and this week is very special because this is the beginning of my Pride Month. This will be going for the next four weeks here on the podcast. Every week I will be sitting down with someone from the LGBT community to kind of hear their story and um, have them share their experiences. Uh, my first guest of Pride Month is Talita Raulino. So Talita, say hi. Hi, everyone. I hope that everyone's all right and dealing with everything with the quarantine. And please, if you had a chance, stay home. Okay, don't go out. It's crazy. I definitely agree. Talita, can you uh, kind of give the listeners and me a little bit of you know, your story? Like why, what sort of led you to where you are today? Okay, uh, I'm from Brazil. I'm 20 years old. I'm a bisexual woman, and uh, just like all the millennials, I've always felt like something was missing in my life, or I was just not the right person to do anything. But in the LGBT community, I found my place, as I can say. Uh, in the community, I felt right, you know? I felt like I've always needed to be there I got the support that I didn't have with my family and my friends and I didn't have the support in religion in church as a Catholic I've always believed in God and in the Bible and everyone knows that in the Bible there's a part of it that says that if a man or a woman was found laying with a with a person of the same sex 
they would die, right? And I've always grown up with it, like, if it's love, why is it wrong? And if God loves me for who I am, why? Everyone says that it's a sin. It's like a girl. It's like a woman. You know, and uh, right now I'm studying law. I really want to work with this human rights, human rights thematics and especially the LGBT community. And I, and I think that this and arguing with my family about what's right or wrong and that actually in the spectrum of the sexuality, it doesn't have a right or wrong. You're not 100% straight or 100% gay, but yeah, it's, it's been a process actually. I believe it. Um, so how are people of the LGBT community viewed in Brazil as opposed to what I know here in the U.S.? Like Brazil, I don't know if you know this fact, but Brazil, it's, it's a country who most kills transgender people. I think that last year, we, the Brazilians killed almost 500 wow. uh, trans black people, actually. And it's, it's hard. It's hard. And the media, they don't talk about it too much because, well, it's not actually something that everyone cares about. So it's a little bit cheaty to be an LGBT person in here but I know that it's way better than in other countries just like every country our pride month and our pride parades were cancelled but we're still here we're still fighting and we're trying every day to survive is it socially acceptable in Brazil to present yourself as a member of the LGBT community because I mean like you said it's a very like religious country and that sort of thing so do people like view you in a different light is it more like a negative connotation like it's okay for you to be but it's not okay if you want to show some some affections with your boyfriend or girlfriend in the streets you know and I, I don't know in the U.S. if it's really common to do this, but in parties, for example, when I'm with my girlfriend and a guy approaches, he's like, oh, my God, can I join you guys? Can I let's do a threesome or something like this? Like here, the LGBT, especially the, the lesbians and the bisexual women, they are really objectified by the straight men because mm-hmm. they think in... They say actually that we are the way we are. We are because we haven't found the right, the right guy, the right dick. I don't know if I can say this in your podcast, but I'll yeah. edit it out. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of hard, but it's it's still okay because if you if you say yeah, I'm I'm part of the LGBT community. A lot of people will say, oh, okay, that's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change who you are. Mm-hmm. But another majority of the population will say, oh, that's a sin. Please don't tell. Don't say this to everyone. Mm-hmm. And the the girls is like, oh, my God, please don't have a crush on me. 
I know I'm gorgeous, but please don't. Yeah. I mean, my... Well, I mean, I'm personally straight, so I don't... I don't... I can't fully understand what people in that community have gone through, but, you know, like you, I grew up very religious. I'm, I'm not Catholic, but I am a Christian. I'm, I'm Protestant. So, you know, I, I saw, like, people from that community as, you know, people who were, who were wrong. But, you know, as I've gotten older and studied the Bible more, I'm still a practicing Christian to this day. Whatever is considered sin, it doesn't really matter. Like, there's no one greater sin than the other. Like, in, in God's eyes, it's all the same. So even if you, you know, shoplift, it's in the God's eyes, it's the same as, you know, having, you know, having a relationship with someone of the same sex. So it, and just to accept them as people because God created them too. Because yeah. that's because at the end of the day, we're all just people. Mm-hmm. And there are definitely things that set us apart from one another. But the main message is love. Yeah, and that's I what totally I'm here to do. You. I totally agree with you. Like, I, I do believe in God. I do believe in church. I, am, I have faith. But I, I'm 100% sure that there's a lot of flaws in the church. And there's a lot of mis- misunderstood also in the in translations of the, the Bible and everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I really like to believe that God is someone who loves, loves us. It doesn't matter if, with whom we, we had a relationship, you know. Mm-hmm. And... I, I'm pretty sure that he's fine with the LGBT community. I'm pretty sure of it. So, since you have come out, how has that changed your relationships with people close to you, if at all? Well, with my mom, I think that it was the most changing situation because she saw me with a girl mm-hmm. and she was like, Oh my god, you're a monster. Oh my god, you're gonna burn in hell. You're my oh my god, I you're not my daughter. I don't wanna see you. You're a totally different person. I don't love you anymore. And it was like this for two months, actually, and it was really hard because it was really close. Well, I came out in October. She spoke to me again in January, so on Christmas I wasn't talking to my mom. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But I had to, to buy her a gift and say, Merry Christmas, Mom, I love you. And she was like, you will burn in hell. But, well, my father, he was an angel, actually. He said, I don't care with who you will be. I don't care. If you will get married with a guy or a girl, I don't care. You're my daughter, and I love you, and I respect you. I don't agree with this, but I love you, and I will support you, and 
I won't let anyone hurt you because of it. And my sister, she was fine. <laughs> she actually was really mad with my mom for <laughs> saying all the shitty things that she said to me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like the worst part was my mom. The worst part was my mom. But now we're fine. And now I'm kind of a... Actually, now we're really close friends because she understood what it is and she understood that this little thing didn't change me. I'm still the same person. I'm still the same girl that she, that she raised and loved all her life. But it's a process and I know that I was really lucky that she just didn't shut me down. She didn't like talk to me at all for two months. And I know that there's a, there's a lot of people who came out to their parents and they simply kicked them out of, of their homes and everything. So even if my situation was really bad, I was still lucky. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that there were still people in your family that accepted you for who you are. I mean, I, I can only imagine having kept something you know that big as a secret for so long only to you know confess it and people shame you for it I, I realized that it was by when I was 11 so and I came out only when I was 20 I actually came out on my birthday so it was it was a really big deal you know but as soon as I said, yeah, I'm bi, it was kind of that a weight was lifted out of my, my back and everything, you know. Mm -hmm. I was finally free to live my truth, to live my truth self. And it was amazing, actually. My friends, they were, well, really supportive. And they said, oh, if the things at your place is not good, please come to my place. We're going to... Well, we love you here. And actually, a lot of my friends, like their moms and dads, they knew about the situation. And they were like, come on, please stay with us. Get out of your house. Stay with us. But yeah, it was nice to have this kind of support. But I lose a lot of friends also during this process. How has, you know, before, like you described it as, a weight lifting off your shoulders like how has like beyond that how has keeping this as a secret and telling people this like how has that affected you mentally well i i was really anxious all the time you know i was like oh my god i can't do this i can't say this kind of things because they will they will find out and i'm not ready <laughs> to this kind of thing that i don't want to come out right now and that's why i think that i that I developed depression and everything because I was always anxious. When I had my first girl crush, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this is so wrong, this is so wrong. Because during all this process, I, I had this internal homophobia, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I've always I, fought I know what for, you mean. <laughs> I've always fought for what was right. And I always said like, oh, there... It doesn't matter if they are gay or lesbians. I don't care. But I can't be. This is wrong for me. 
mm-hmm. but I will fight for them. And with these thoughts, I tried to kill myself a few times because it was wrong, because I thought that it was wrong. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to ruin my family if they find out. And I, I, I was like, oh my God, I can't tell them that I'm by and I can't kill myself because they will be devastated. So <laughs> what can I do? But I attempted twice. And after I said to my mom that I was by, I confessed her also like this thing, this thing, it's your reaction is the thing that was most scary for me because I knew that this kind of thing would happen and I wasn't ready for it. I'm still not ready for it. And it was hard. Like right now, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm trying to deal with things better, but it's a process. Like, I know that I'm never going to heal from the things that my mom said to me because she said (laughs) way more. And, but like, right now I have this amazing girlfriend who helps me and she loves me and I love her so much. And I have my best friend who always had my back. And they always help me with the anxieties and the panic attacks and everything. They are just amazing. They're just amazing. I'm glad that you have such a great community around you to help you through all of everything that's happened to you. So when you were 11, like what kind of tipped you off that you were were by? Well... I remember that I was talking with some friends during the recess and they're like, oh my God, I have a crush on this boy and he's amazing. And I was like, you boys, <laughs> what about this girl? She's gorgeous. <laughs> and then I was like in a situation that I had to choose a guy, a boy on that time to have a crush on. Mm-hmm. I was like, but this is so wrong. Why I can't tell them that I, that I like this girl? Why mm-hmm. it must be a boy. And a few months later, I have started studying English. I'm sorry for my English, by the way. <laughs> and I, I've heard, I kissed a girl from Katy Perry. And I was like, yeah, I got you, girl. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> but I only kissed a girl like three years later. But yeah, but I knew that it would be amazing. And the meaning of that song was completely lost on me until I was about 15 years old. Yeah, just like Peacock also. I was like, oh my God, it's so amazing. But after a few years, I was like, oh my God, how kids were singing this. For God's sake. Yeah. Or even Born This Way by Lady Gaga. That's another one that was yeah. completely lost on me. <laughs> yeah, Born This Way. Yeah, it hits different. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like realizing like what it's about, it's just... It's mind-blowing. Right. What kids are able to pick, um, pick up on and just completely ignore is... It's something. Yeah, it is. Because I think that kids are so innocent that they can't... Like, think 
thinking something wrong or with a double meaning, you know. Mm -hmm. It's just something. Like a peacock, it's just a bird. Mm -hmm. On this way, it's just, yeah, I'm a girl. I must love myself. Yeah, I'm a boy. I born this way. So, yeah, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I kissed a girl. Oh, no. Well, she's just talking about a party and a phase, and it's all right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one of the best things I found is that the older I get, the more understanding I've become. Because when the um, when the law was passed in the United States in 2014, 2013, where um, LGBT couples could legally get married, I was completely against it. I had gone to like a very historically like traditional church at the time so because they were against it, i was against it i didn't know any better and i spent the next probably three or four years kind of percolating on like what i thought about people who were like that and ultimately after meeting people who were members of the community and talking with them i realized that just because there's one thing that's different about them doesn't make them not human. Like, I, I really don't know about the U.S., but here in Brazil, it's not a right for the LGBT community to get married. Like, if you want to, we can go to. We, we can get married, but it's not a right. We still have to fight for it. It's just like a permission, you know? Mm-hmm. And last year, no, in 2018, actually, with the elections of Bolsonaro and everything, we were like, we as a com- as a community were like, oh my god, we must get married mm-hmm. because we will prove that we're here. We will make us. It's basically right now get married, getting married as an L- as a member of the LGBT community. It's basically a political act, you know. It's mm-hmm. like you're not gonna erase us. And actually, a lot of lawyers were like, if you're a gay and if you want to get married, please do it. Because we don't know uh, if it, in two years or two months, you will be able to do it. So please, go. Mm-hmm. It's shocking. Yeah, it recently was a, um, there were protections over trans people that were taken away in the United States, like in the past couple of days. And I can only imagine how those people are feeling at this point. Like certain protections that they had because they were transgender. And I don't want to get too deep into it because I don't know everything. But it's just, it can be heartbreaking to know that people are hurting because of a warped sense of an ideology. That's all I'm going to say about that. It's really hard to see it because they're only people. They want to live their lives, but they can't because they just are not, like, biologically right, you know? Yeah. Something wrong, something messed up. 
But as you said, we're all humans after all. We all bleed as the same way. We all we all feel pain the same way, joy and everything. Exactly. Like why being gay or trans or bi or lesbian or whatever makes you so different. Why this is such a <laughs> such a determination. Oh, I forgot the, the expression. Oh my god. Like why this tiny detail makes you so different for the law and everyone who must, who should who should protect you be so against you. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting a little um, off track. Let's get back to you. Um, <laughs> so um, I, from what I have, from what you've shared, mm-hmm. um, I can empathize with um, having anxiety so overwhelming leading to you attempting to take your own life because it also came to that point for me. When I was 17, I had, um, I'd said a lot of things, a lot of stupid things. And as a result of that, people I thought were my friends had kind of pushed me away. And for probably two months, I was just alone, kind of suffering in silence. And it ultimately culminated in me almost attempting to take my own life. But in that moment, I realized that I... Like, I needed to take a few steps back mm-hmm. and kind of take a look at the situation from the outside. It was like, how would this impact the people who I know and who I love? And how would it you know, impact me and things like that? Because... And that's when I reached out to um, another friend of mine who was able to um, was able to help me like reconnect, kind of repair the the relationships that I had with those people. And I'm I will be forever grateful to her. I think this is the second time in a row that I've told this story to somebody. But you know, this is something that I've kept to myself for a while. So that need to be said, but um, so thank you for listening to me ramble. But um, all that to say, I do. I'm not. I'm not going to say I completely understand where you're coming from because I don't think I ever will. But I do understand that the way things can manifest and how you can keep them to yourself, how that can hurt you. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening to me. And I totally agree with you. Like sometimes keeping a secret, even if it's a small one, it can like mentally can take, can take it some, 
can take you to a totally different place that you don't want to go there. But if yeah. you go to that dark place, it's important to have someone to, to bring you back to, to where you were. And right. to deal with these things also. Like, just as you said, I, I will never understand completely how do you felt when you're on that dark place but I can relate because we had even if we had different situations we've been through the same things like or something like that but it's hard it's really hard but it's important to to get out of that place and it being is. able to talk about it it's really important too And I think that in the LGBT community, I had I, I found the place to talk about this without being being judged, you know. Because a lot of my friends who is part of the LGBT community, all of them, they struggled with with something with anxiety or or depression or whatever. They all have the same struggles struggles as I did. Like my best friend is gay, and when I when I met him for the first time, I I was like, mm, he's gay, but can I tell him that I'm bi or not? You know, like it's it's a process to to being able to talk about this openly to anyone or everyone. And I had I have some friends who, when I came out, they were like. Girl, I already knew. I was just waiting for you to know. And some of my cousins said the same thing. You were like, oh, that's nice. But I, I have one cousin who, who said something really meaningful for me. And right now it's something that I always remember. It was... Uh, it doesn't matter who you love. It doesn't matter where you live or whatever. This is just a small thing that makes who you are. It doesn't define you. And because you're bi, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person or a good person. It just means that you're someone and you're someone has a lot of secrets and a lot of layers to your personality. So... Just believe in it and be true to yourself that you will reach anything that you want. Absolutely. So, uh, Talita, we are approaching um, wrap-up time. Are there any encouraging words for those, those who may be listening who may have difficulty coming out? Well, it's important for you guys to take your time And be a hundred percent sure that you really want to tell everyone about this because it's something like it's the the secret that will define actually who you are for the others. But this detail it doesn't affect everyone, just you. So take your time, breathe, and please. Talk to someone who will understand you and who won't judge you. Because 
winner coming out. It's something special. It's, it's a moment that you will start living your life. It will almost like you are reborning because you will stop lying to everyone and you will start living your truth. So just take your time. I think that it's the most important thing. Take your time. Is there anything that you would like to to plug or to share that you want people to find? I think only if you guys want to talk about it. My Instagram is always free. You guys can DM me if you want to. And my Instagram is T-H-A dot R-A-U-L-I-N-O thing. That's <laughs> <it> correctly. <laughs> And Ethan, thank you so much for listening to us and giving us a voice. Thank you. That's why I'm here. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to the beginning of True Stories of a Dry Hearts Pride Month. You can find um, me on Instagram at ethan.t.hewlin. You can find me on Twitter at etphonehome. The O's are zeros and the E's are threes. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at True Stories Pod. Um, my graphics are by Vaishon Brandon. Uh, hit him up on Instagram at graphitevmb or go to his website, graphitevmb.com. Anything else I'm forgetting? I don't think so. Um, I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin. And Tilly Tovarolino, signing off. <laughs>